Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. on the beach. That's a different voice. I'm Tass Mellis. Welcome to No Dunks presented by the NBA. That's game. Along with me, it's the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Trey? hey yo. It's the international man of mystery. It's Lee Ellis. Lee Lee. Friends. Mm. And the man making the magic happen. It's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. No skeets. But don't worry, he will be back on Friday. It's Fast Friends. The guys are reviewing every film in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yes, that's happening. I believe Too Fast, Too Furious this Friday. That is correct. Yeah, and no spoilers. Um, but it's not going to get as glowing reviews as the first one. But maybe that makes for a great podcast. Uh, at least the three of us think it's a banger for sure. All right. Can't wait to find out. Uh, as for today's show, we kind of stayed away from Summer League questions. There's a lot happening out there. There's Jalen Green balling for the Rockets. Alperin Shengun. Is he a hired Shen gun firing away from <laughs> midcourt uh, for the Houston Rockets? They look good. Uh, Trey, Pat Williams dropping 30 for the Bulls. Shooting all the time. I love to see that. Um, and I actually, I wanted to ask you guys. So... We're not in Vegas, obviously. It's second straight year, but well, we went for five years with NBA TV. Then we had a year off because they let us go. And then uh, we, we missed, obviously, the uh, COVID. There was no summer league in 2020. Now we're, we're, we're missing this one. Any FOMO out there from any of you guys <laughs> at all? Oh, I'm missing the bamboo boys. Uh, that was, <laughs> yeah, for that sure. was one of the great parts of it down in the pool in the mornings because we wouldn't usually get to the arena until about you know three o'clock in the afternoon. So we had a little bit of time to bond in the mornings. <laughs> and uh, JD and Skeets especially like to have a couple of Coronas there as well, get themselves <laughs> nice and uh, nice and warmed up. But uh, it was always fun going to Vegas. I mean, you did you, we were never there for the basketball. It was always just for more you know socialising. <laughs> the, the shows were awesome. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'll be looking forward to going back one day, but uh, I'm enjoying a little bit of time away from it, that's for sure. Yeah, Lee, you just made me miss it a little bit more because, like you're saying, it always came, you know, at the end of a recording season, basically, for us. For So it was our last humongous task, and then we're finally get some time off. And yeah, the shows would be, uh, you know, the, the long days would kind of be brutal being stuck inside. But I mean, it's 115 degrees out there in Las Vegas. <laughs> so, you know, we got to be inside. But I don't know, it's kind of like we had to go through this last huge journey at the end of every year to finally get to celebrate. And it's always fun being with the Bamboo Boys, going across the street to that random breakfast place. 
I don't know what oh, that yeah. breakfast place cantina, was, but yeah, 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 some kind of cantina. Yeah. They'll give you some eggs. They'll give you some tortillas. That's yeah. the stuff I miss for sure. And you know, getting those moments with the young players who, you know, five or six years down the line, were like, oh, remember when we had him? And he couldn't even grow a mustache. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, so forgive us for not getting into the summer league basketball. This is our, you know, one year where we can stay away from it. But we will get into yeah. it uh, on Monday with Dave DeFore. The Athletics Dave DeFore is there, and he'll give us the lowdown on all the players and what's going on there. Monday, August eighteenth, he'll be with us. Uh, yeah, to give us uh, to give us a little bit more FOMO, I guess. Dave DeFore. Yeah, well, <laughs> fans of the show will know this won't be the first time we've had uh, Dave on. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't help it. I That's couldn't right. help it. You got to. Uh, it won't be the first. I guess it's the second. It yeah, it won't be the last. I'm not sure <laughs> and he's having some fun out there. I think when he gets on, he's going to give me a little Dave DeFomo because uh, he's out oh, there. Yeah. He's dropping down doing push-ups. I saw Oh, it. I saw that. Yeah, yeah he's dropping down. And, and he's got some some flat kicks on there with some Sauconies. I'm a Saucony man. He's wearing those as well. How was the deform on those push-ups? <laughs> Sorry, I had to get in on it. I had to. I couldn't resist. Once you start, once you, start you can't stop it, you know? But, uh... Uh, actually, uh, pretty good. If, if we're asking, if we're asking about his form, nice, yeah. yeah, very good. He had the elbows back. It was, he was he was one with the the floor. Ugh. Uh, anyway, yeah, De- deforced. Uh, <laughs> you made up for it. There. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, all right, should we uh, should we get into this? Why yeah. the heck not? Uh, you guys sent in some some good basketball cues and some non-basketball cues, and we've got a non to start here. It's a, it's a bit of a lengthy one, but it's a good one. Hey guys, first time writing in after a long time as a fan. A real long time. I have been a fan since 2006, the very beginning. I don't remember exactly how I found the old Basketball Jones podcast, but it was around the time I was splitting half my days between my hometown of Houston and half in my adopted city of Toronto. I honestly probably heard about the podcast in line at Tim Hortons or Talking Raptors with <laughs> one of the like three fans I found back then. From 2002 to 2007, I was going between both cities for a relationship I was in. The girl didn't work out, but my relationship with you guys stuck. I've been here ever since. I remember when you moved to the Vimeo uploads and thought, how do you guys make this much money? Because I thought the common room you recorded in uh, was your personal apartment, as you're seeing here on YouTube. Definitely not a personal apartment. Look, looking back, I mean, we just found a free room in Skeet's building that was uh, never used. So that's why we could wow. jump up there. But yeah, never used at eight in the morning for a pool <laughs> in a, a bar up there. But yeah, it wasn't used that often at all. Though I don't. No, think. I don't think so. No, nah, like when we asked uh, for the pool balls for the first few days, I do believe because <laughs> we were trying to make it seem like we were using it for something other than recording our video. The guy behind the counter was like, "What? Nobody, <laughs> nobody uses these pool balls." Then we uh, stopped the facade and we just went up there every morning. Anyways, uh, I was excited and scared every time there was a move to a new corporate over- overlord, because you've been with me through the good, the bad, and everything in between for most of my adult life. Which leads me to my point. I started my current job in 2006 right along with TBJ. I consumed about 80% of your videos and podcasts either in that office or commuting to that office. But today is my last day. 
15 years in and I finally found something to convince me to leave. I stuck around way too long because it was comfortable and easy. So my question, what's a thing you did for way too long just because it was easy or comfortable even though you knew you needed to change it? Here's to another 15 years. Thanks so much, Will in Houston. So Lee, you got an answer to that great cue? Yeah, well, at first when I read it, when he said, today is my last day, I thought he was ditching us. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the great work. 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, I've had enough of you guys. I'm out. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I guess we're going to read this one. But uh, obviously he's referring to his job there. And honestly, uh, that one spoke to me because I did something very similar almost to the day 23 years ago when I just decided to pack up and leave my life in Melbourne, Australia. I was like, I had a comfortable job. I had no worries. I was living at home. I had my friends and family nearby. But I was also just like, I'm a bit bored. I'm just a bit bored. So I really decided to shake things up and just decided to move to the other side of the world. And, uh, you know, I was talking a good game beforehand, telling friends, I'm going to live in Europe for two years. I'm going to really go and see the world. But inside, I was like, if I last six weeks, that'll be a that'll be a shock to me. Because, because <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is a big move when you're just like, you're going away. And we, obviously, the internet was around then, but it wasn't quite the, with the way we communicate now with phones so easily. So, and then to top it all off, uh, I, on the flight on the way over, there is no lonelier place in the world apart from the free throw line than <laughs> sitting on an airplane through darkness for like basically 24 hours <laughs> just alone with your thoughts and uh and i remember flying and i went through singapore and i stopped off in singapore and then it was a 14 hour flight from singapore to london and that i couldn't sleep and i was just like what am i doing why did i just leave my job and my friends and my family to go to a big city where i i knew i knew some people there but not that close and i had my grandma there but it was i, I didn't want to go and live with my grandma i wanted to go and sort of experience london life and i and i did but man, that first that that trip over, and then those first couple of weeks were just so intimidating and daunting because you just didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know where you were, and you were like a big fish out of water. But one thing led to the other, and uh, and now, like I say, it's been twenty three years. I think it was August the fifth when I left home, and uh, and now I live in Atlanta after coming via Toronto as well. Married two kids and a house, and uh, it's like wow. Okay, things did turn out okay, but uh, <laughs> Good call. There, there was uh, there was some serious uh, questions I had there. E- even after about three weeks, I think I'd been there. I was like, I should have just come for a holiday and then gone home. Like, I, I, I just don't think I'm going to last. And and something happened. I don't know exactly what or when, but then it was kind of like, oh, actually, no, this is pretty cool now. So uh, I managed to stay. But uh, I had that same feeling uh, that Will had there, where it's just kind of like. Nothing. There's nothing wrong. I had a pretty good existence, a pretty good life, but I was just bored and I just wanted to mix things up. And uh, and now, yeah, here I am. A few passports later, a few kids, and uh, <laughs> I probably I probably won't go and live in Australia. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe at some point. But uh, it's I've now I've actually spent I think more of my life outside of Australia than I ever did inside Australia, which is which is incredible because it feels like it's been about you know well it feels like it's been a few years, but not 23. That's for sure. And you thought this was going to be a two-year experiment, basically, when you left. I, that's exactly what I thought. I thought I'm going to go over there, work in a pub for a while, do some traveling around Europe, maybe do a few Kentucky tours, you know, the old uh, jump on a bus with 30 strangers. I thought that's what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to go home. But uh, I lived in London there for a couple of years, and I had my mate Benny, who I've, I've mentioned a few times, living in Toronto. I thought, I might go and live in Toronto for a while, see if, that, see if I like Toronto. Absolutely loved Toronto. Uh, couldn't wait to go back, went back. And now I'm a resident of Toronto, so uh, <laughs> citizen, go. in fact. So yeah, it's uh, it's incredible how it's all sort of worked out. But uh, yeah, there was no way I could have foretold that 
when I was on that lonely, lonely flight and really regretting my decision uh, halfway somewhere over uh, the Asian continent there on my way to London. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know where you were staying before you flew? Well... No, I mean, I was staying at my grandma's when I first arrived just to ah. sort of like, okay, put my bags down. But then I was like, I've got to find a job in the city because a lot of the pubs and hotels, they would provide accommodation for you. So you wouldn't get paid much, but you wouldn't have to pay rent and you wouldn't have to pay for your meal. So I think I think my first job paid me like £2.30 an hour, uh, which is like, you know, at the time, probably four US dollars an hour. But I had no expenses, other like living expenses. So you were able to sort of uh, make it work that way. But uh, I didn't, when I got there, I just kind of asked around and, you know, a few people know somebody and they know somebody and there's a job here and you go along and uh, uh, and it works out. But it's very unsophisticated. Like I thought I'd be going in for interviews with high level people at this hotel. And <laughs> the lady basically was like, oh, are you, uh, are you so-and-so's friend? I'm like, uh, yeah. Okay. Have you ever worked in a bar before? No. Uh, have you ever been in a bar and drunk from a bar? Yeah. Uh, okay. This time, instead of drinking, just pour the beers. Can you do that? I'm like, yes. Okay. When can you start? I'm like, uh, well, I mean, sort of anytime. All right. Start tomorrow then if you want. And I was like, okay. <laughs> made it pretty easy to stay. Oh I guess. my God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Once you're in, then no one really cares as long as you turn up for your job. That's it. <laughs> have you had experience? No. Have you had experience on the other side of the counter? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I thought straight away, I thought, ah, oh, damn it. I've lost this already. You know, no, no experience. <laughs> Basically, it's like, can you just turn up and, and try your best to serve a few beers to people? I'm like, okay. That'll do, and uh, and I did. <laughs> well, it's not exactly rocket science. No, it's not. It's not. But you know what? We used to have a lot of North American tourists, so people would come in, and if someone asked for a pint, yes, that's easy. But some people would come in. You know, the old ladies would say, "Can I have a rusty nail?" I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell is that?" You know, no internet to look it up. Oh, exactly, exactly. So I, I remember saying sometimes to customers, like, "If you tell me what's in it, I'll just pour those into it. I, I have no idea what that is." You know. <laughs> But they would want like the cherry in that sometimes or the orange peel. I'm like, we don't have any of that stuff. Like it's <laughs> what you see up here is what's going into the drink. So if you want, you know, whatever it is, yeah, I'll pour it in there. <laughs> you know what's in a rusty now? Not anymore. No. Is it um is it vermouth? No. No. No, no, no. It's uh, Scotch and Drambuie. That's it? That's it. <laughs> oh, wow. I think so. made it. That's, yeah. that's how I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one day someone asked for a Long Island iced tea and I just put every oh, yeah. non-dark alcohol we had into the glass. <laughs> and I think I tapped, topped it up with a bit of tonic water and just said, I mean, have that. Pretty close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sunbury iced tea. <laughs> uh, Trey, you got an answer for this one? Yeah, mine is probably not quite on the scope of leaving the country you grew up in to lead a life on the other side of the world, but I never used to make my bed in the morning until Tass said that quote from, I don't know, General McMaster. It's basically like, if you start making your bed, it's like you accomplished something very first thing in the morning. Because I was of the mind, who cares? I'm sleeping in it in a few hours later anyways. I'm going to mess it up. Why make it in the first place? But... Just like when Tass said, you shouldn't put Q-tips in your ears, I adopted this like right away because, I don't know, it made me feel like I was getting something done. Even if I don't do anything for the next 16 hours I'm awake, at least I got something checked off the list right away. Yeah, it's a good call. It's a good call. Thank you for the, the correct attribution too, General H.R. McMaster. Wow, that was right? That was yeah, right? Totally nice. right. Totally right. And I say thank you because... 
it came via Tim Ferriss, who you know drops mm. drops a lot of expert lines. But it's good to get back to the source. Let's get back to the source right now, JD. The ultimate source. You got an answer for this question? Uh, well, real quick, uh, I've given up breakfast. I'm trying Whoa. out this uh, intermittent fasting right now. Uh, okay. You know, uh, yeah, I was just getting too comfortable eating breakfast, I guess. So I uh, <laughs> decided to give it up. And uh, I'm fucking starving over here. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> is that what the true nitrogen uh, helps you with, the intermittent fasting? Is that that? Yeah. Uh, is that, does that help with uh, that? I don't know. It's I'll... definitely in the element ad read. Oh, that's what it is. Element. Yeah, oh, it's element. Yeah. Got to replace your sodium. Yeah. yeah. Those element dudes didn't send me any elements, so I'm going to have to buy it, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah. What is it? Salt? It just, uh, yeah. just. It's like the. Just, uh, I mean, the original Gatorade drinks that I remember were like this, like really not tasty and, and yeah. sweet. Just that salty, you know, tough to kind of swallow, but apparently better for you. And then I think Gatorade realized if you make it sweet, people will just drink it. That's what it, that's what it tastes like to me. Because I remember when, like, my dad used to do fun runs, and we would go along, and they they would have all the drinks there. And because it was a color, like usually green, you would think, oh, can I have some? Because it looks great. You're drinking it like, oh, yuck. But when you're working out, it tastes a little bit more, you know, appealing because you need the salt in it. JD, um, people speak glowingly of the intermittent fasting. I know. That's why I wanted to give it a go. So when so, do you, when do you jump back on? Just you're just you're just skipping breakfast right back at lunch. Yeah, so I have an eight hour window. It's one to nine of food, like one p.m. to nine p.m. So wow. And I guess the trick is to not go nuts, you know, like not go crazy in that that window, which is difficult because sure. by then, uh, you know, I want to tear somebody's head off and oh. uh, <laughs> just uh, drink their blood, sort of thing. So. Uh, so it's going it's going okay. I've had a couple of attempts at it. I'm not I, like I'm not following any I'm just following that. Those instructions, that's it. So I, I don't know if I'm allowed a cheat day or whatever. So I'm just I'm just doing it. I'm just Let's trying to it. move more and eat less and that's it. I got to I got to lose this pandemic weight. It's crazy. <laughs> Keep it simple, man. Yeah. Um, for me just a quick answer. Uh, something I, I did way too long was uh, I had this uh, area of growth in my backyard in my old house. It's sort of up on a hill. It was like uh, probably like 25 feet long, 150 feet wide. It was just it just nature up there. It just grew in my backyard. But uh, it was kind of elevated and kind of away from everything. So it wasn't a big deal, but it kind of got ugly after a while. So I would just get up there thinking, you know, I take the old weed whacker and hit it up a few times, <laughs> and then I'd be down and it's done. But once you got up there, first of all, the space was a lot bigger. So and and you know, nature, it's uh, can be a beast. Uh, so I went oh, yeah. up there, you know, <laughs> hornets' nests and snakes, and uh, the poison ivy Jeez. got me a couple times, yep. and and uh, you know, I was dumb. Uh, even after it got me the one time, I think we did a show. Uh, a few of us did a show in Toronto. I had poison ivy on my arm. T-shirt was covering most of it. it wasn't contagious. That was all good. It looked like kind of looked like I had a tattoo going on up there. Uh, and then the second time I got poison ivy was last year. I had already trimmed it. And it was really short. So I thought, oh, I'll just go up there in my shorts like a dumb idiot. And it got on the, the back of my ankle. And then I just couldn't get rid Ugh. of the itchiness for weeks. 
and uh, it just wouldn't stop. So uh, then I just I sold my house because of it. I just said I don't like this. I don't like this brush. <laughs> I might get poison ivy. I might get poison ivy. Uh, no, I finally gave it up. Uh, it took took me a while, but. It was time. It was time to just uh, just let nature be. Stop stop disrupting. Let nature. it live. Let it live. All right, Trey. What's our next cue? Sup? No dunks. You know how sometimes whenever a player is brought up, there are always certain things that people always end up saying about that player. For example, James Johnson is a black belt in karate. LeBron, he's an underrated passer. Might be his best skill if you ask me. <laughs> Matthew Dellavedova, he's a real gym rat. Do you guys have any other favorites that get brought up all the time? Thanks. That's from Tej in Vancouver. Tess, what you got? I'm going with a retired player by the name of Deshaun Stevenson. Mm. And, and he's, he's famous for a few things, but I think the most infamous thing, you know, even since his retirement, is that he had an ATM in his apartment. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it was a, uh, a contentious issue on our show as we discussed how an ATM works. Because he had an ATM for his card-playing buddies. So they could come and keep getting cash that he would supply them. And we had so many questions about the ATM is like basically starting from who provides the cash? Who puts the money in? Who puts the cash in there? Do you put your bank card like a regular ATM? Is it connected to the internet? Do you? Is it just a simple IOU system or is it a real bank machine? Anyways, um, another thing Deshaun Stevenson is known for, his Jordan comp out of high school. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah, I know Trey. What you, you tweet this every once in a while. What site was it? I think it's nbadraft.net, yeah, I think, is, made yeah. the comparison. And, like, yeah. he was coming out of high school as well, <laughs> right? Yeah. A high school player. This guy, the only NBA player you could possibly compare him to, he's a Michael Jordan type. <laughs> Bit of an overreach. <laughs> and then he was picked 23rd by the Utah Jazz. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out in terms of MJ. But, you know, he, as far as his career goes, he won a ship. He got to he got to Dallas. He started a lot of those playoff games as the two guard on that 2011 Dallas team. I do forget that it was a it was a pretty quick stint in Dallas, like a year and a half, and then gone. But got the ship, and he also um, the other thing he's infamous for is the Abe Lincoln tattoo on his neck. Uh, And I I was doing some research and I saw this quote from Deshaun Stevenson. It's too good not to include. He said, quote, I was going to get Martin Luther King and I told Gilbert Arenas that I was going to get MLK on my neck. You should never tell anyone your idea. That summer he came back, Gilbert came back and he got MLK. So I didn't know who to get. I got Abraham Lincoln because he freed the slaves. (laughs) I just had Abraham Lincoln on my neck. And from a distance, everyone was asking, who is that? So I put the $5 bill around Abraham Lincoln so everyone would stop asking me who is that. That's why he put the fives beside Abraham Lincoln. That's a wild story. Yeah, I had never heard that. Uh, yeah, he just decides to put two huge fives. Also, Gilbert Arenas put MLK on whatever body part he put MLK on. And then Deshaun Stevenson said, I had to get something else. I mean, I, do you have to put something on your neck? I guess. I guess he wanted to. He's uh, like, I'm getting a face tattooed on my throat, regardless. <laughs> Made an appointment, not canceling. Took forever to get in here. All right, so I, I got Deshaun Stevenson. Lee, who you got? 
Uh, well, I've got one that uh, we always bring up on the show, especially me and Skeets, and that is uh, Ronnie Cycli's always uh, working the decks. When it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the ones one. and twos. Uh, but I will say it's actually one that I don't like. He doesn't play anymore. He just retired recently. It's uh, Sean Livingston always, anytime he scored a basket, well, he came back from it. Very, very bad knee injury. It's like, yes, we know, we know, we saw it, and we all thought he was gone. And then he came back, uh, and he was a champion with the Warriors there a couple of years. But I just hated how that was what was always brought up about. It was like, yes, he did. A lot of guys have come back from very, very bad injuries, but his seemed to be the one that was always brought up. And uh, it was kind of like, we've got to move on from that, you know? I think it was in his rookie season or maybe second season there, but... uh, it was early for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like he had been in the NBA for like had returned for about a decade, and that was still was like still, the number oh, one thing you're hearing. Yeah, yeah, still. And it was just like, man, that guy just can't move off from that. So yeah, those two for me. Trey, who you got? Well, I never really noticed it, um, or thought had a second thought about it until Maddie L mentioned it on a podcast once a t- once upon a time, but announcers say the colleges that NBA players went to constantly, mm. like, you know, Mello is going to be going into what his 19th season here. And you're still going to hear about how he won a championship for Syracuse in the beginning of the two thousands. Uh, you know, like they'll always slide it in. Oh, he's a St. Mary's product or whatever. And I mm-hmm. think the, the guy who does this the most of any broadcaster is Grant Hill. If there's a Dookie playing in that game, guaranteed Grant Hill is going to shout out the brotherhood, whether it be, you know, Kyrie Irving, who played a handful of games there, or Zion Williamson, who was there for a year. If you put on Duke Blue Devil Blue, guaranteed you're getting a shout out from Grant Hill. That's the brotherhood right there. It's just as soon as Matt said that, I was like, I wish you would have never said anything because now I can't (laughs) hear it. Just talking about where these guys went to college, even if it's, you know, a decade and a half into their career. Yeah, I think as well, some of the local broadcasters who are big college guys just know every player's college, and they do. They're the same thing. Could be a guy in his 12th season, he goes, oh, I remember him at Kansas State, and it's like, wow, all right, I think he's moved on. Especially now when guys are really doing the one-and-done stuff, I don't think the college is anywhere near as relevant as it used to be, you know, like like when Grant Hill, because what was Grant? He was he was a three-year guy, was he? At, uh, I think two? so. Yeah. Um, you know, but but even then, guys were starting to sort of just move away and uh, from their college. But um, yeah, it just doesn't mean as much when guys are only doing it just because they have to do that one year of college anyway. Yeah, I feel like broadcasters used to do a lot more of Jose Calderon, the former Detroit Piston and Memphis Grizzly. Like they would they would shout out former teams, but they don't do that at all anymore i felt like that was a thing but nobody cares anymore i guess sometimes uh, <laughs> when there's like a play with two former teammates who are on a team they say you know oh they know each other from you know their mm-hmm. time together in uh, orlando or wherever it was yeah that happens yeah. that's true uh, but the college thing for sure and it's usually accompanied by where did he go to school? Because if the broadcaster, you know, if Grant Hill's from Duke, he, yeah, yeah he'll, he'll just say, where did he go to school? Just so the other guy has to say Duke. Uh, but I, I do like, uh, you know, recently Kemba Walker got traded. Uh, for me, being a, a Canadian, I didn't grow up with this saying. It's, it seems like it's been around for a long time with, with the Yukon Huskies. But, you know, having heard it the last few years, I like when somebody says, when they say you can't, you con, and I'm probably not even. I'm probably not even saying that right. Uh, but uh, that's, I think that's a good one. I think that's the best one of the best college shoutouts around. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to take a quick break. 
Got to pay the bills, but some good cues on the other side about pleasant yet unexpected responses. It's, it's a weird one, but a good one. Greg Popovich, we'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. We're back, baby. Since this is beach step and we're getting cues thrown at us, I'm going to throw a, a cue at JD. JD, what's mm. that song you play under the Indochino at? What, what kind of vibes we got there? Is <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, it came from the APM library. That's uh, okay. what is that? American Publish Publishers of Music or whatever. Uh, it's just a, an Italian feel, I think. I would call it Italian or French. It's like an old school European vibe, okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, for sure. I I like how you're normalizing it. You know, we would usually, <laughs> like you said, like you're with a you know something European, but just like it's just mainstreaming it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like mm-hmm. that. I like hearing more of it. That's that's all I'm saying. I also have a question. I wish Jay Skeets was here because he said he hates the taste of water. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool yeah. part of the ad read. <laughs> it, eh, water. <laughs> unless it's unless unfortunately you got some hard water coming out the pipes um, that tastes like something it usually doesn't taste like anything if I don't know if I'm drinking uh, water the wrong way or if I lost my taste buds. <laughs> Maybe you got that hard water. Uh, you didn't even know it. Uh, yeah. The only water I have an opinion on its taste is Dasani. I do mm. think Dasani tastes a little salty, if you're asking mm. me, but uh, maybe they're trying to up your hydration game. I've heard if you don't replace the <laughs> sodium, it can be very bad. It can lead to fatigue and also cramps. Mm. salty. That's right. Dave DeSalty. (laughs) They will not be sponsoring our podcast anytime soon. Uh, All right. You guys have some good cues, so let's keep going. Hi, No Dunks personnel. A few weeks ago, I pulled up the Breaking Tea website to show my wife your limited edition finals t-shirt. I show her things that I think would be fun purchases almost daily, and I get rejected because she uses common sense. This time, she said, that's a cool shirt. I confirmed she wasn't joking, and 80-something dollars later, I have a new tee and sweatshirt in the mail to make it six articles of no dunks slash starters clothing. Amazing. So I ask, what was the time your partner, child, or Maddie O surprised you with a positive, albeit unexpected, response? Shirt up. Love the clothes. Awesome. That's from Brad in Brooklyn. What do you got, Trey? Uh, well, first of all, thanks, Brad, for supporting us. Six articles of No Dunks clothing. That's awesome. And yeah, that limited edition final shirt. That was a good one. I got a good Matty O story uh, for this one, though. I complained 
uh, about trying to expand my internet on the show once. I bought a like I bought a second router, same as the one I had upstairs. Thinking, all right, I'll just plug it in downstairs. Two routers, simple. Mm. Apparently, you can't do that, as I found out quickly uh, from my service provider. But later that day, Matteo had had a chance to listen to the podcast, and he shot me a text message saying, "Hey." Do you want to buy my mom and dad's Eero internet extender? It's a, I think it comes through Amazon. It was like a perfectly packaged three pack of these transponders. I was like, yeah, this is actually exactly what I'm looking for. And at the time, I think it was sold out. You know, there was some sort of wait list on Amazon. It's going to be back in four weeks or something like that. But uh, Matteo's parents had it ready to go. I guess it just wasn't working for them and they needed, and they wanted to go a different way. So he shipped it to me and, you know, living at the apartment, I almost had too much coverage. I had to take one of the transponders out. I was like, Ugh, there's too much meshing going on around here. We finally moved into this house and now I'm able to use all three of my responders, all thanks to Maddie O's parents. Thank you <laughs> to them. Oh, it's great to get a parent shout out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're actually, while you were saying that, you cut out for me, but that's my dumb internet <laughs> on my end. So hopefully I don't uh, fall off here. Uh, Lee, you got an answer for this one? Yeah, don't talk about the internet. I'm having a good day. I don't want to jinx it. I know I'm going to start <laughs> lagging here any second. Uh, now, when we, when we actually just got back from our trip uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, that first day back, you don't really want to uh, have to Take, get takeout dinner because you've been having takeout dinners for the last like month or so so you'd like and I was determined to like there's something in this house and I'm just gonna throw it all together I'm gonna make dinner whatever that is there's some beans or some lentils there was like a, a an avocado still in the fridge it was good enough and I'm like all right I'm just throwing all this stuff together a, a month old avocado well it was it was starting <laughs> to wrinkle but it had been in the fridge so it was kind of like I'm like I'm just gonna make some guacamole out of this and, and just you know <laughs> as long as you get the guacamole to the kids before it starts turning brown they, they usually don't they're not gonna say like hang on that's been in there a month so <laughs> anyway so I had you know the beans I had some vegan sausages I threw those and cut them all up. I said, "This is dinner tonight, guys," and uh, and I was like, I just, "This is going to be a tough one. We're all a bit jet lag. We're all a bit tired, and now they're not having something that's just basically pizza or pasta to eat." But they ate it, and then uh, and, and and in our house, I sort of take care of most of the breakfast and and the lunches, sort of for the we share those around. But Mum takes care of the dinners for the most part. And afterwards, the nine-year-old ate and I said, oh, how was that? Did you like it? Yeah, Dad, that was good for you. (laughs) 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 And I was like, thanks, man. I thought this was going to be just an arm wrestle to get everyone to eat this. But uh, And once he does it, then the four-year-old kind of like, well, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. (laughs) So, you know, that that, that worked out okay. I still don't really know what that combination was because I just grabbed some tins, opened them, threw them in the saucepan, mixed it all up and said... Eat that, guys. And they did. So I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> Just like making a Long Island iced tea. Exactly. exactly Throw it all in there and mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> JD, you got an answer for this one? Uh, similar. Uh, well, it's it's a... It's from my kid, and my kid said to me that, uh, you know, we just got back from Canada. We were there for a week, but uh, Rachel, my wife, stayed there. Uh, she's there for the for three more weeks because she's got a wedding, and uh, she that wasn't planned. Uh, the, the Canada Customs agents were threatening to go on strike, so she was going to come back to Atlanta and then fly back, and they were like, you know what, just 
don't just mm. don't even bother. So she stayed. Uh, but uh, midway through last week, uh, my son said to me, you know what? You're a pretty good single dad. I was like, <laughs> oh, thanks, Thank I you. guess. I mean, uh, it's not a compliment you want to hear yeah. necessarily, but uh, I'll take it. You know what? I'll take it. You yeah, can parent maybe. too? This is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, wonder, I wonder what Rachel would think of that then as well. It's like, yeah, uh, oh, we're coping all right with that, you hear, Mum? She's like, well, maybe I'll stay for a bit longer then. You know? Like, you know, I don't know. Well, uh, they did. He didn't say we're doing good here, Dad. We're, right. we're, we're, you know, we're not. It's, we're not exactly flourishing over here. He did say you're a good single dad. Right. So whatever, whatever that means. So hmm. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. It sounds like he's your son, though. You know, you you would compliment. Without you know fully giving a compliment. Oh yeah, uh, totally. slightly backhanded. Yeah, sounds yeah. Like- all all of my withholding is now backfiring. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he loves the shit out of you. That's what it sounds like. Um, we'll uh, we'll get uh, to your trip actually, JD, and what went wrong in a couple questions because mm. we got a good cue about everything <laughs> that went wrong with JD's trip to Toronto because oh, you've God. you planted the seed now now we're gonna yeah. watch it grow in a couple questions but uh, <laughs> I'll I'll answer this question real quick also child related I was going to uh, Cancun with my family a few years ago our one and a half year old daughter had been puking for 24 36 hours before that we had uh, you know contemplated maybe we shouldn't take her she's just gonna be sick the entire time but she stopped puking still had some wet diapers so she She's hydrated. She's drinking her element, of course. So she was good. We're getting on the plane. Uh, we're in security, actually. So we get to the conveyor belt. And she yaks one more time. Uh, oh, like oh, right oh. At, right as we're about to you know, put our stuff on the conveyor belt. Uh, so the positive part was that we had a blanket nearby. And she puked into that. And there wasn't a lot. I guess that was the really positive part. The unexpected part, though, when I examined what was in the blanket... It was a full grape. Oh, like, whoa! What the? Wow! How? <laughs> how does? How is there a grape in her vomit? She didn't eat grapes, but she had eaten a raisin. <laughs> wow! She, what? She had eaten she a raisin. Turned it into a grape. Yeah, wow. it was amazing. A rehydrated wow. raisin. That's yeah. amazing. Yes. <laughs> Science. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that would blow my mind too. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. It made it made everything better. Just seeing that happen. Well, I didn't see it happen, but uh, I didn't see Knowing it happen. It happened. Yeah, that's pretty freaking cool. I thought uh, full on grape. I tell people that story as much that's as good. I can. That's a good that's a one. Yeah. Great story. Wow. Mm-hmm. Chew your chew your raisins, Zoe. Come yeah. on now. <laughs> Maybe that's why you get so full if you eat raisins. <laughs> they just turn into gigantic grapes mm. in your stomach once you get through it. Hmm. I do. I do remember like uh, guys who wanted to gain weight ate a lot of raisins. Well, that was one food that was suggested to them because they're really calorie dense for like, mm. you know how small they are. Mm. Um, that was one way to if you wanted to get you wanted to get pumped. If you want to be like Vin Diesel, <laughs> it's all raisins. Maybe your daughter wanted to get <laughs> raisins and Corona. Tassie, did you, did you that? She was like, I need to put on some weight here. I want yeah. to beef up a little. Yeah, that's probably why Danielle was feeding her raisins to <laughs> yeah. beef her up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's it for that one. Trey, what we got? USA! One thing I think a lot of basketball fans have asked themselves over the last few years is, when is Greg Popovich going to retire from coaching? I think most of us always assumed that he wanted to stick around for the chance to win a gold medal. He did that, so now what? 
Within the past few years, we've seen all the players from the Spurs dynasty retire. He won his medal, and it looks like a youth movement is coming to San Antonio. So my question, how many more years do you think Pop coaches until he retires? P.S. We really need a breaking tease, Celtics-style no-dunks shirt for the Beantown boys. Maybe you'll get one this season. That's from Zach Lee. How much longer do you think Pop's coaching? That's a great question because I actually thought before last season he may have stepped down because I did think that he wanted to get that gold medal, the Olympic gold medal, and then maybe bow out. But because of the delayed Olympics, I thought maybe Pop's just like, you know what? I'll just sign off now. But he did stick around, and now he has got the gold medal. And someone asked him as well, out in Turkey, I can't remember who it was, may have been Tim Reynolds, and he basically said, you know, what's next, Pop, or something? And he said, sayonara. And they were like, oh, are you done? <laughs> and he was like, he says, is that what I said? Or I didn't say that. Or so, you know, it was he was kind of playing games a little bit there. So um, I there thought was, he was saying, I'm going to Japan, sayonara. Well, or leaving Japan, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Pop likes to play mind games a little bit there. But, um, you know, there's still plenty of time, if he was to step down now, that the Spurs would have plenty of time to prepare for a new coach for next season. And maybe that is Becky Hammond, if that's the choice they go in. Uh, But Popovich as well, you know, it does. It's like Tim and, and Manu and Tony have all moved on. That era is definitely over, and they've got a completely new young set. And you look at what they did this offseason. You know, Paddy Mills is gone. Lamarcus obviously was traded. Rudy Gay's gone, uh, and DeRozan's also gone. So it definitely is going to be a whole new team sort of moving forward. So I wonder if if he just still can't pull himself away from coaching. He could probably coach for another five seasons, but also. At some point, you think he's just going to have to say, okay, it is time for someone else to take over now and see if Becky Hammond perhaps can have an opportunity because I'm surprised that we that Becky Hammond didn't get close to any other opportunities to head coach. I know there's a few interviews. They felt a bit more like tokenism rather than like, that she was a real shot there. But there was also some weird stuff coming out of San Antonio about her saying that she wasn't ready for coaching. So I'm not sure if that was a smokescreen. The Spurs are like, Pop's going to leave and we want Becky to take over. And so we'll kind of muddy the waters a little bit for others. Or, if you know, they're just not sure she's ready yet. So uh, ultimately, I think Popovich probably hangs on at least another season here. Uh, I don't think he coaches Team USA again in three years' time at the Olympics. But uh, I think he's only got another season to go. I think surely he's going to move. And he's 73 years old as well. But he still seems to have that passion. You know, he's still... He doesn't ever seem to quit. Like, you still see him standing on the sidelines. He's still as engaged and still as focused. So I think he still loves it. Um, but I, I think he has to go after one more year, surely, doesn't he? I mean, he can't keep going. And, and you know, he's always said, we didn't hire Becky Hammond to make history. We hired her because she was great. But I think as well, it would probably be the right situation for her to take over a team that she's been with now for multiple years. Like, I think six seasons, I think she's been there now, maybe seven. Um if they're not going to give her a chance, then, you know, which, which team would go with Becky Hammond? So I think he's got one more season in him, one more, and then he's done. Yeah, I guess it's going to be easy or interesting to see here because he's already the longest tenured single team coach in North American Big Four sports history. 25 seasons, the longest coaching career in the NBA is Lenny Wilkins, 32 seasons. Another seven seasons for Popovich seems far-fetched to me. Like you said, Lee, He'll be, what, 73 uh, by the end of this coming season. Coaching till his 80? Till he's 80? That seems pretty crazy to me. You would think that it's going to be Becky Hammond who uh, who takes over for the Spurs from Popovich. 
But maybe it's just the thing of he's going to kind of go from, you know, one-year deal to one-year deal until they kind of deem that it's time for her to take over. And maybe we are getting closer here. Every season feels like it could be the last for Greg Popovich. We thought maybe it would be when Duncan retired. We thought maybe it would be when Tim Duncan came and coached alongside Greg Popovich. He only ended up sticking around for a season. So... Um, maybe this is the final year. We shall yeah, see. The other, the other point I forgot to bring up is he's only th- uh, 25 wins away from Don Nelson's record for the most coaching victory. So maybe he is actually just going to do that. He should get that, obviously, this season. They should win at least minimum 30 games. So maybe that is what he's hanging around for until he, can, until he does that. And then he maybe sees the season out. So he does hold that record. Because when you're this close, I guess you may as well just finish it off and, and get it. You think he cares about records, though? The pop I man? Mean, on the out, on the out, Woodley. No, he always, you know, likes to give the credit to the players. But I, I'm sure this close, he's like, I may as well just hold on to that. Record because, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's I mean, a competitive after, guy, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, after him, Doc Rivers is the next active coach, um, who's who's uh, who's basically at a thousand. So he's he's 300 wins away, which is still a lot of seasons. And then you got a Rick Carlisle in there, but those guys are f- a long way back. So maybe Pop just wants to hold on to that one, that one sort of position as the uh, most wins ever uh, as a coach i like how this question has sort of become like our question about the spurs every year how many more years does pop have this got to be the last year when are the spurs going to fall off this has got to be the year we <laughs> ask that every every time and uh, all those stuff you you brought up there lee kind of reminded me of you know the tim duncan days uh everything that was done internally in san antonio was held very close to the vest. They just never, ever allowed anyone uh, to know what was going on in that franchise. And that just leads me to believe that we won't know until Pop says it. I don't think he'll give any hints like he you know, potentially was to Tim Reynolds there. I think it'll just happen just like that at some point. But, uh, yeah, he's still, he's still going. I thought during the Olympics, uh, I always watch the USA bench because I expect guys to be a little less... Uh, boisterous and vocal like in you know international game versus the nba more complaining i think in the nba a little more respectful with the fiba uh, officials but uh, that's what i generally expect but pop was you know he was still going at the officials he's still getting oh, yeah. it uh, yeah. he's, he's still pop as you said you know going on 73 still loves doing it just like yeah, that'll that. be that that'll be the hint if you see him on the sidelines and just sitting there passively watching a game not <laughs> screaming and yelling at the refs and yeah, you know, he's always good. kicking back. <laughs> yeah, he's always good for a couple of ejections a year as well. So uh, if he's not getting ejected at any point, maybe that's Pop's uh, farewell. He's saying, "I'm out of here." <laughs> Lee, who do you think should take over Team USA? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, they they tend to go. Well, it was Shashevsky, wasn't it, before mm-hmm. Popovich? Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder if someone like a Doc Rivers gets a chance, you know, someone who has coached for a long time. Uh, I think he's fairly well respected amongst his, uh, you know, amongst the players. And, um, you know, uh, he's another one who just seems to never sort of get sick of coaching. I remember he's obviously with the Celtics there. He had so those intense years with the Clippers. And as soon as the Clippers ended, he goes to another sort of chaotic situation there in Philadelphia. So uh, I, I think it would be someone like him, I guess, who's still, you know, relatively young, um, uh, you know, compared to Popovich. And, uh, you know, it's probably it's probably his time. To, to go, I mean, Rick Carlisle's another one who maybe uh, another one. Grant Hill's the one who ultimately makes the decision there. So, um, you know, 
Steve Kerr's always sort of considered in that group as well. Um, yeah, that's kind of who I think it's going to be with Kerr being an assistant on the Team US, USA teams with Popovich there. He obviously, I think, uh, was Grant Hill and Steve Kerr, did they cross over in Phoenix? I wouldn't be surprised if they so, did. Yeah. And I Steve Kerr GM, would obviously yeah. have a relationship with the Colangelos as well. So uh, I know that uh, Jerry's going to be stepping down and it's going to be Grant Hill, but maybe that lends a little weight there, some continuity, because... That was Jerry Colangelo's big thing, right? When he took over building the Team USA or rebuilding the Team USA program was that we got to have some continuity here. And you would think that the lineage from, you know, pop coaching Kerr to Kerr being there on the bench with him as an assistant, maybe that's the way they go. Yeah. All right. We got to take one more quick break. But on the other side, a question about our unintentional catchphrases and everything that went wrong with JD's trip to Canada been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately so i've had documents flying in and out the mailbox a lot of signatures both analog and digital a lot of phone calls a lot of stamps got to get my long-term future straight yeah let me tell you skeets the things we build our future around are the things worth protecting making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones watch your assets with Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney, it's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. All right, a couple more cues. First one here. What up, NDC? Let's just cut right to the chase and ask the question on everyone's lips. What the hell happened to JD on his way home from Canada? Bombers up, grabbed my thighs, gross. Cheers. That's from Johnny in Wellington, New Zealand. Mm. That's a great question. It's, uh, you know, I have a rule that I, I, I don't really like talking about dreams, gambling, and video games, and I, and I think we're going to add travel to the end of this story because <laughs> I'm going to try to make this not boring at all, but uh, um, it is very convoluted. Uh, so flying Air Canada back from uh, Pearson, Pearson International Airport in Toronto. Um, it's always convoluted in the best of circumstances because if you're traveling to the States, you got to go through U.S. Customs on the Canadian side, right? Mm. And now you have to add a PCR to the end of the mix. So, uh, so you know, 
we were staying at a cottage. I could have gone to like a shopper's drug mart or something to get the COVID test, but I didn't. I went, uh, they have a drive-through rapid test at Pearson. So I went through that. It was like 200 bucks for the three of us. Uh, and it actually worked. And, you know, and you also have to have a passenger disclosure and at- attestation, which is basically a signed form that says, Hey, I don't have COVID. I promise mm-hmm. I don't have COVID. So that's uh, that's a pain in the ass. That's three pages that we all have to sign. Um, so it's just extra paperwork. And I've got, you know, my Canadian passport. I got my green card. I got all of this paperwork, the, the, the results and this attestation. Anyways, that's all fine. It's chaos, but it's fine. We get through customs. We get there super early. We've been traveling for three hours from the cottage to the airport, return the rental car, blah, blah, blah. So we get... Uh, to uh, we go through customs, no problem. We get on the flight, it's on time, great. We sit in the plane for three hours, right? The first part of it was just like, okay, we've been sitting here for a while. Then the captain comes on. Uh, we got to reset our system, basically re- reboot the computer, but we can't do it here at the terminal. We have to basically drive away from the terminal. So we just drive in the plane <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the, the just where somewhere on the tarmac, so to get uh, away from the Wi-Fi or something. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. literally like, that's uh, what I think it was. I think that's what it was. Uh, so then we sit for another hour. We were in the plane for just over three hours before they're like, "Okay, we're canceling this flight. Everybody off." So the next day is the first first day of school for the kids, and I'm supposed to be doing this show, right? So. We're like, all right, uh, so what are we going to do? And we didn't know when we were going to, if it was a bit later that night, blah, blah, blah. So we get out of the gate, and then everybody's gathering around the the actual gate, and the Air Canada uh, employees have no idea what's going on, right? Like, they're just not trained for this because, you know, there are people who were coming from Athens going to Atlanta through Toronto, so they've passed U.S. Customs uh, and all, by the way, all their COVID tests are about to expire, right? So you have yeah. to have a COVID test within 72 hours. So they have to sequester those people. And, uh, and meanwhile, I'm like, I got to cover, I got to get the show covered. So I'm on the phone to Schlecht. I'm on the phone to Skeets <laughs> going, uh, and then I'll figure out what we're doing after. Plus I got two hungry kids with me. So... So then we're like, uh, so that I finally make my way to to where everybody has already sort of dissipated. And they're like, look, you got two choices. You can stay in the terminal or we'll put you up in a hotel. But you have to go to uh, Air Canada customer service, which is on the other side of customs. Right. So I have to pass through customs to get out of the to get. I haven't even I haven't left the airport, but I have I've passed through U.S. Customs and now I have to pass through Canada Customs. So I'm like, kids are starving. They're going to put us up in a hotel. So I guess we'll just go. I'll just we'll go. Here's Customs. Uh, This is I want to say 2000 people waiting to get through Canada Customs again. Have not left. Have not (laughs) haven't left the country. But technically, I'm on U.S. soil. So we're like, all right, I guess we're going to go through customs. So that's that was oh, my man. big mistake was leaving the terminal. So we leave. the ter- So we we pass through customs. And what I forgot as well is that everybody that passes through customs right now has to get a covid test. Right. Yeah. Because that's that's just the way it is. And I'm yep. like, there's no fucking way I'm getting a co- I have a negative covid test mm-hmm. that I got this afternoon. 
I'm not getting, I'm not waiting another hour. I got to get these kids into a, like a hotel. I got to get some food. Everything's closed as well, by the way. They're not even the Tim Hortons is open. So I go to the, uh, <laughs> so I go to the COVID place and the, so they send me to this, the, the COVID area. And this is the place where they tell people, Hey, uh, you gotta, you gotta be put up. You gotta get yourself a hotel that is going to cost you about, I don't know, a thousand bucks or whatever, you know, because they're still doing the, uh, the, the COVID hotel. Right. Yeah. So nothing but a sea of angry people in front of me, like being told, yeah, you either, you're going to get fined $6,000 or you're going to stay in those hotel for two days or whatever, while we, we await your COVID results. So it was just like angry people, a lot of angry people. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, man, to this one guy, finally, I'm like, Hey, I got I got a test here. We never left. Our flight got canceled, blah, blah, blah. So this one guy let me out. Go to customer service. Lineup is just as long as uh-huh. customs, right? And it's just like, okay. I get to I get to the to the front of that line and it's just like uh we don't have any rooms. We we ran out of rooms, so you're gonna have to book your own hotel. So I called five places, right? They they they're gonna reimburse me. <laughs> Maybe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I finally get find uh, uh, the Double Tree by Hilton. That's important. The Double Tree by yeah. Hilton. How do I get there? There's a shuttle, man. You just call the driver. <laughs> All right. I'm calling the driver. I just left there. Thirty minutes. I'll be back in 30 minutes. I'm like, God damn it. Okay, fine. 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 So we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. There's a flurry of buses. And I'm like, where is this guy? It's been 45 minutes. Call him again. I just left there. I'll be back in 30 minutes. I'm like, this. you did. Like, uh, I've been here. I, I've been laser focused. I just want to get on <laughs> this bus, the Doubletree by Hilton. I did not see your van. What does it look like? He hangs up on me. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like the, yeah. the flight was scheduled to leave at 630. This is well after midnight now. Uh, well after midnight. Uh. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get an Uber. Fire up Uber, over an hour wait. I go upstairs. Limo, <laughs> please. I know it's close. No, it's too close. I'm not taking it. You know, limo drivers, they, yeah. they, 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 if it's too close, they won't take you. Cab, I get in a cab. It's 32 bucks. It's an airport hotel, right? <laughs> 32 bucks flat rate. Okay, fine, fine. Air Canada is going to pay for this, probably. Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Takes us to the wrong hotel. I know right away. I'm like, Mm, this is not nope. the double tree by Hilton uh, because I know that that's where I'm standing because I've been again laser focused on this fucking <laughs> shuttle van. Uh, so he takes us to the right hotel, and then I see, and then I'm livid because I see at parked right right there is their shuttle bus that has the double tree by Hilton on it, right. I'm like, these motherfuckers, man. This guy <laughs> this guy is probably asleep in the back of that van, just like, you know what? I, I'll just, every time somebody calls, I'll just say, yeah, I just left. It's a, it's a half hour. Anyway, we get into the hotel. It's two in the morning. Two in the morning. Our oh flight leaves at 9 a.m. the next day, so we got to be back. And I'm like, you know what? We've, all, we've got our test. We've got our, pro, our, 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 our PCR test is done. Uh, all good, you know. It's a holiday too. It's like Simcoe Day. John Graves Simcoe. Shout out to John Graves. Uh, it's not going to be that bad. Well, uh, well, first of all, okay. Shuttle the shuttle van. <laughs> I'm like, 
this shuttle this shuttle bus is going to take us there, right? And they're like, yeah, got to sign up for it. 6 a.m. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. So I'm like, and that van is still sitting there dark, right? It's just, it's there. And I'm like, when this guy comes on, I'm going to fucking let him have it. And the shuttle, but the, a totally different shuttle, the shuttle bus shows up. Here is the shuttle bus that showed up. Oh, wow. It says Holiday Inn <laughs> Express and Suites. Like, how am I, what? This is the, this is not the van. And I knew it was the same guy because he, uh, I recognized his voice up from the phone. So anyways, that's why I didn't get on the bus. So that bus passed me by twice and uh. I, I didn't get on the bus. Uh, anyways, we get to the terminal. <laughs> Hold on. Did you get a cookie? Did you get a cookie? No cookies. No cookies, no Tess. Cookies. And I was like, the kids were like, the kids were starving and nothing was open. They gave us $120 worth of uh, vouchers. Nothing was open. It's just like, okay, great. It's, again, it was two in the morning, uh, yep. Sunday night. Uh, and I was like, don't worry, kids. It's a double tree. We're going to get a cookie. It's going to oh. be a warm <laughs> cookie when we get there. <laughs> no cookie. No cookie. Anyways, here's a pic. I'm showing a picture of the terminal that I arrived to the next morning. Now, I'm going to draw your attention to the stanchions here. It's we're at number three. Technically, we're at standing at number two, and you can't tell, but I'm actually in a lineup. This sea of people goes. This is for U.S. Customs at eleven. So it's stanchion 11 is U.S. Customs. We're standing at stanchion 2. And everybody, like, if you can see the bewilderment on their faces. They're just like, this is, is this the line? Is this, is this a line? It's not a line. It's a mob. It's a mob of people trying to get across the border. Anyways, we get across. It actually only took an hour and 16 minutes because I'm a sicko. And I, I always start my stopwatch. And I go, this is going to be insane. But I bet it's not going to be as bad as I think it's going to be. And it wasn't. Uh, flight gets delayed again. Uh, and that we're all of us are on the same flight, right? So it's all, all the same people, all the yeah. grease people, all the, the, and they're all livid and all they do is complain. They just complain and they just make it worse and worse <laughs> and worse. And, uh, and then the, the flight, we all get the text and it's like, Oh, it's been delayed by an hour. An hour. And I'm like, Oh my God, here we go. Here we go. Uh, but it was fine. We got on it. Uh, but of course our luggage wasn't there and didn't arrive until Friday. So that's the end of the story. So the moral of the story is if you find yourself at Pearson and your flight gets canceled and it, I don't care if it's 48 hours away, don't leave the terminal. Yeah. Don't ever leave the terminal, it, even though they'll say, hey, man, you want a hotel room? Uh, they're lying. You want some food vouchers? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Nothing's open. Uh, uh, you want restitution? You'll never get it. You'll never get it. You'll never get satisfaction. There's a guy standing there. I, I literally told him to shut up. I was just like, he was next to me. And he was like frothing at the mouth, you know, frothing. He just could not fucking wait to let this kid this guy who had nothing to do with the the plane broke down right and he's just like this is a national embarrassment you're a young man you should be you should be ashamed of yourself you if i were you i would be scared for my job because this will not and i was like hey man just shut up 
Shut up. You're embarrassing yourself. Just shut up. Nobody wants to hear it. Take your food vouchers and get out of here. Like all you're doing is and every single person was doing that, just making the lineup and everything. It's just making it so much worse. So anyways, uh, traveling overrated no no you know what i'm not i'm not i won't say that and and i was like discussing it with the kids i'm like even after everything that happened i'm still still flying flying so much better than driving to to canada from atlanta Mm. like it's basically a two-day trip anyways Mm -hmm. and you're in your car and you got it's just like you know what i'd rather go through this than have to drive so that's the end of my story. You, you know, I was waiting for the, uh, you know, in uh, National Lampoon's vacation where they go to Wally World and it's closed, JD, and he pulls the gun out on the security guard. I thought you were going to do that on the Holiday Inn Express guy. <laughs> oh, man, I was like, oh, you have no idea. Like, because I saw that, I saw, I'm like, Holiday Inn. I even thought to myself when it came by the first time, God damn, we should have stayed at the Holiday Inn Express. But uh, no, uh, it was uh, it, Promise of a cookie that never happened. Oh, man. <laughs> Brutal. Cookie. Wow, wow, wow. I'm happy to hear that you're still travel positive, though. Like, you're positive totally. about traveling. Yeah. That's amazing. I, mean, I just, well, I had a quick trip to the Dominican, and I was, I was in a passport control, whatever the hell that means. After going through customs in Dominican, I was passport control in the U.S., and and that took like an hour and 15. That's like one fifteenth of your trip. And I was, you know, I was a little feisty afterwards. Still still oh, sure. travel positive. But also when you got back and all you said to us was like, never leave your house. Never leave your house. <laughs> I, was, I, I thought, yeah, I was, I was kind of in that boat. But uh, I'm glad to hear you're still positive. Still raw when I, when I texted that. But that was my biggest fear. Like, because I had my kids with me. My, the kids were like. This is awesome, man. First day of school, we're going to miss it. This is great. They were all all into it until like 2 a.m. and starving. And they're uh, like, uh, yeah. literally, literally getting like anxious about it. Like, it's like, are, where, what's happening? Where are we? Sure. Like, we're, we're literally stranded. So, uh, and that was my biggest fear is just like, I don't want to, them to be soured on travel. Because I love travel. I love traveling with my family. And I love you know, going places is great, but it's a pain in the ass. But, uh, you know, sometimes things break down and you got to deal with it. And yeah. It's all fine. It's all fine. Pain has no memory. <laughs> yeah. The stream team is trying to figure out if you're more like Tom Hanks in the terminal or Michael <laughs> Douglas in falling down. Seems like I could have gone either way. <laughs> a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. A little bit of both. It's like just I, I snap. I will I will be very, very calm until I, all of a sudden I'm Michael Douglas. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, but it, it, it is a stressful situation when you're you're in a line that feels like it doesn't move, and then everyone's got to get their two cents into the hapless ticket agent to be just like, you know, fuck you off me yeah. when I'm hungry, I'm late, you know, and Don't everyone me. just wants to get it out on someone, and it's that person who's like, what do I do? You think I fucking broke the plane? I mean, what do you want me to do? <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. Like I'm trying to get you on a plane, you're yelling at me, which is making everyone else late. So if you stop yelling and get over and get into customs and get through the line, maybe we'll get on this plane. You know, it's, that's exactly uh, right. Yeah. The narcissism of people just be like, surely I don't have to wait in this yeah. line. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's all the, the there's no global entry, right? Like yeah. right now or whatever. And people are just so angry. Uh, yeah. And which I, I usually enjoy that. I usually enjoy seeing people freak out. You know? It's just like, 
Yeah, here we go. Here we yeah, go. You, you, yeah, yeah. You, you don't mind seeing the one person just lose it for a bit of entertainment. It's a distraction, you know. Yeah, it's just totally. like, okay, yeah, get it out. But uh, it's as if some people see, like, as if the pilots and the uh, and the flight crew are just like, hey, you want to fuck with these uh, passengers here for a couple of hours? Maybe <laughs> well, fuck it. You want to? Yeah. All right. Just say, uh, yeah, just say the computer's down. We can't turn it back on and turn it off. We're waiting for Chase to come along, but he doesn't even know what to do. So. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them because they are paid from they don't get they don't start getting paid until the door closes. Right. And then they stop getting paid when the door opens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, I don't know if I was getting paid by the hour and I was a pilot and, uh, you know, I was just take my time getting to the gate, you know. (laughs) All right. Thanks for the share, J.D. Thank you. All right. Last email. This one is from Tim in Chicago. Hey, no dunkers. A month or two ago, I caught on to Tass saying no doubt all the time and started considering it his catchphrase. (laughs) I thought that was Gwen Stefani's. (laughs) Anyways, once I noticed it, I started hearing it all the time during the shows, which made me wonder if I have any weird unintentional catchphrase that I use. Fast forward to a couple weeks ago, I was on vacation with a group of friends and caught myself saying 100% when agreeing to something and realized I too had one of these catchphrases, and now catch myself saying it all the time. (laughs) My question for you is, do the rest of you have any other unintentional catchphrases that you notice you use on the show or outside of it? Courage. He ends this email with courage. (laughs) Thanks, Tim. Courage. Uh, For me, a catchphrase that... uh, I say both on the show and to describe things around the house is calling things baller style. And I picked that up from Rick Kamla circa 2014. <laughs> you know, uh, I think there was, we had an ice storm here in Atlanta that week, right? And to get mm-hmm. to, was it Charlotte? Is that no, where New, the All-Star New game Orleans. was? New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we flew, uh, we flew on a private plane. You know, Turner put us up. Just everybody that had to, I think it was like everybody that had to work on the Tuesday flew down to be there for Thursday or something along those lines. Uh, so whatever we go we do all-star weekend we come back camla you know we're just chatting it up what was your favorite part of uh of all-star weekend i say to rick just joking oh man being on that private plane with you and he goes baller style (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay well i guess that's all i'm gonna call something that's cool for the rest of my life after hearing camla say it Baller style. I was like, yeah, dude, that was baller style. I haven't been on a private plane since. Mm. So, you know, maybe that was the epitome of baller style as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far to say it was a private plane. There were like 25 of us. On yeah, that's there, a good but, point. A uh, small plane. Yeah, yeah, but it was a it was a charter jet. I mean, totally, it was yeah. Like, but the, the funny thing about that was, yeah, it sounds like, oh, man, private jet. That's awesome. But to be honest, apart from those like four to six seats up the front, otherwise seating wasn't all that comfortable we were kind of like on a bench <laughs> yeah. at the back you, you know you couldn't sit directly opposite someone because your legs would be tangled up with them as well and it was kind of like oh this is one of those things that people must think oh that would be so cool to be on a private jet but you're inside you're going i think i'd just rather than a normal seat where you can actually <laughs> sit there and you're not like playing footsies with anybody <laughs> you're right lee it wasn't that comfortable and if you look at this photo of maddie o here <laughs> showing on, on youtube she doesn't look very happy uh, that is so like george costanza when he gets on the private james plane and he's like oh, this is it you know <laughs> <Matt's> like, <laughs> bench seats yeah, the bed sheets are weird. 
Uh, and they're, uh, the fact that they're not facing forward or back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah. Didn't like yeah. that. that Side part by sides. But Baller style camel, he had a regular seat. So he was living yeah. it up. I, think. Yeah, I, had, a, I had a regular him. seat too, which was pretty great. <laughs> great well, We got to step our game up for the next time. Uh, yeah. So we can all get seats. <laughs> True yeah, right. baller style. <laughs> Uh, for for me, I'll just jump in. Uh, as uh, Tim mentioned, no doubt is definitely my saying of choice. Get to an end of a sentence. Don't know how to end my thought. No doubt. Just ends it <laughs> yeah. just like that. Beautiful. Uh, and as Tamir Morgan points out, for me, Tass loves to frick. I do say <laughs> frig, frigging or fricking a lot. That's uh, a good one. That's a good point. I used uh, to sort of self-bleep my uh but now i just frick or frig you're right mm. good, good stuff tamir uh lee is there one that comes to mind for you well from the stream team as well i said uh someone here dc says i say so much fun 100 percent uh <laughs> i guess 100 percent is more like that's what i say so yeah that that sounds about right and i know that when i'm talking about a team that's been playing well and i've sort of lost my train of thought i say they really flex their muscles or something like that if they dominate it. It's, it's just one of those safety net phrases that you say. So I'm sure there's a few others out there, but, you know, we, we you know them yourselves, but often uh, it's people who listen to the show who recognize them a little more than uh, the we do. So, uh, you know, when I'm out there flexing my muscles, you know, maybe someone can bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> JD, you got one? Uh, well, I've said it before, but uh, the Mo Verney potato uh, is that's that's infected our entire household. Like, like I Rachel said it the other day. It's like, oh, we need to pick up some potatoes, and it's just so fun to say. It's just, uh, it's great. But as far as a a, a a catchphrase on the show, like I've been listening back to, we've done a couple of, we got a couple of the uh, the fast friends in the can. I've listened back to myself, uh, just stuttering, stammering, a lot of ums. Uh, I start sentences and then I'll just forget, abandon sentences and then just go on to a whole other sentence and I'll leave key words out of sentences. I gotta work on that. I'm a, I'm not a I'm not a face front facing uh, guy. So yeah. So so enjoy that coming in the, the coming weeks <laughs> on <Exciting>. Fast Friends. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself, JD. <laughs> what a uh, piece of what is it? Space Age Titanium. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm loving seeing these in the stream team. Uh, TK starts sentences with you're exactly right. You're mm-hmm. exactly right about that. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed Lee says punched above their weight a lot regarding yeah, yeah. overperforming teams. Uh, <laughs> and this one comes up. Oh, no doubt about it. For sure, Skeets. You gotta wonder. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There are times when I say things, I'm like, you've said that 18 times already on this show. Yeah. And like you think of it as it's coming out of your mouth. Oh, uh, nice. You can't catch it sometimes. It's just yeah. like, ah, this, these words. And my mouth just is just saying these words. I'm trying to come up with something different, but you can't do it. Skeets also does it. It's bonkers. Whenever he's talking about something. Good one. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, we did that from way back in the day. It's bonkers. We both we both would throw that out there, but Skeets has kept it alive for sure. But you just gave me, gave me a horrible flashback there, Trey, when you said... 
you don't know how many times you said it, or if I said it like 48,000 times, we used to do redos of the show when we didn't like something after like six or seven or eight minutes back when we weren't live a long time ago, when I would say, oh, Pau Gasol instead of Marc Gasol, I'd just stop like an <laughs> idiot. And then we'd have to go start again. And then I definitely didn't know, even if I made a point, uh, did I say that? Am I saying it yeah. again? Because we're restarting. How stupid that was! But uh, yeah, I just had a nasty, nasty little flashback there first. <laughs> uh, okay, that's it for us. Uh, as JD mentioned, too fast, too furious coming this Friday, and then a summer league roundup with the Athletics Dave DeFore on Monday, August sixteenth. So jump back for that skeets will be back on the the too fast too furious don't don't you worry no doubt about it he'll be back <laughs> it's gonna be a bonkers show no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> for sure uh clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember 8 a.m is too early for billiards no doubt about it <laughs> <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.